You know, so often we try to work out and think that working out is gonna get us the results that we want. And I was in that place for about three years. From about 18 to 21 years old, I did just that. I worked out and thought that working out, whether it was an hour or an hour and a half or whatever it was I was doing at that time, and that was gonna turn my body into the body that I wanted. And I realized that I wasn't eating in order to support the goals that I had. And this, just like Chris said, you can't hear this stuff enough. And just like Beth said, it's you wanna expose yourself to as much of this type of information anytime. This is, okay, this isn't just a nutrition lesson. This is a life lesson. So anything that you wanna learn in your life, you have to expose yourself to it over and 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 over because you're gonna forget. And it, whether or not you forget, you're gonna get distracted. And you're gonna start doing things that go opposite what you wanna do, right? So anything that's important to you, values, things that are important to you, you have to do things to remind yourself that that's what you want. Um, so for us here, for example, at the gym, it's so easy to think that the reason that we come here is for weight training right or weight loss but one of the things that we as the coaches as the staff here at the gym believe is that because you're working out you're becoming a better version of you therefore our success isn't measured by whether or not you lose weight or whether or not you PR your workouts do you see how it's it's a mind shift doesn't mean that we don't want you to do that but at the end of the day we know why we're here and we have to remind ourselves of that Anytime I get inspirational emails from members, I just got one the other day, I share it with the coaches because they need to hear that stuff. That lives are changing in this gym. That it's more than just a gym. Okay, so how does that apply to you right now sitting here in a nutrition seminar? So if nutrition or if whatever your goal is, whatever your reason for being here is, what are you doing to remind yourself of that? Because if this is your first time to ever expose yourself to higher thinking when it comes to nutrition. I'm so glad you're here. And I hope that this is the first of several times you expose yourself to higher thinking when it comes to nutrition. Because anything that's important to you, you should put a lot of effort into learning as much as you can. So I would hope that this just begins the conversation on the things that are important to you. And if this is something that you do probably like once a year, or I would hope you do it more often. I would hope you uh, maybe pick up a book, right? Uh, there's so many books about nutrition that you can kind of target what's important to you. Or I would hope that you maybe listen to a podcast about nutrition. There's a seminar that we did not too long ago on the Building Better People podcast that you can listen to. There's also other podcasts when it comes to nutrition. So the challenge right now is to say, okay, kudos, you're here, you wanna learn, but now let's keep that going beyond tonight, right? So one of the things that we wanna do is we wanna challenge you this month. So September 1st is tomorrow. So one of the things that we're gonna do is I'm gonna give you guys the opportunity because everybody in here can be a leader, right? So you can lead a team through a challenge that I'm gonna lay out for you for the month of September and I'll lay out the requirements okay but I don't want 
all of you partnering together, I would love for you to find three people that aren't here tonight, right? And I would love for you to work through this challenge with them. And there's gonna be an awesome prize at the end, okay? And I know Beth loves awesome prizes. So we'll go over that, but let's start out, okay. So let's start out, I broke this down into what I think is gonna be two separate kind of places that I'm gonna hang out, because I think there's people that are here because they want to perform better, and then there's people here that want to lose weight or lose body fat. How many of you have been listening to some of these podcast episodes of people that work out here? Okay, so recently I put up one this week of a girl named Danny. She's a mother of two. She went from 140 pounds to 123 pounds in the last eight months. She's at 12% body fat. For a female, that is really lean. I mean, it's so lean that I was like, okay, we can't get any leaner. Like, we need to start, you know, either increasing calories a little bit, changing the focus, because she's gotten about as lean as she needs to get. How do you do that? You know, I have this theory, it's kind of crazy, but if you just eat healthy and work out, you get in the best shape of your life, right? And if you just do that without messing up, you get in even better shape. And so one of the reasons that we don't get in the best shape of our lives is probably because we're slipping up. So you need to ask yourself, like, what is the area right now that I need to improve on? So I'm gonna go over a lot tonight, and some of the things you might already be doing, some of them you might not be doing. But figure out if you can leave tonight and say, I'm gonna do this one thing that you're actually gonna put into action starting immediately, that's a good place to start. Because so often, just like anything else, you know, we try to do 10 things and we don't do anything. Because we try to do so many things at once. And how many of you have ever been that person that you overly prepare, you overly plan, you get basically everything ready and within eight days you're like ugh, i'm done like this was and the crazy thing about this is eight days feel it's kind of like raising kids little ones it's like eight days feels like eight years you know it's just exhausting you feel like you've put in so much work and you've only put in eight days worth of work and then you end up saying you know what i'm gonna you know i'm not gonna do this anymore so instead of trying to do so many things, just do one. Just do one thing different than you're doing right now. And for some of you, that might be like, okay, I know exactly what I need to do. I need to either stop doing this or I need to start doing one of these things Charlie's talking about. So one of the things let's talk about first, so let's talk about the performance side. Okay, so whether or not you've been doing CrossFit for you know, uh, a couple months, maybe a few days or a few years, there's gonna be a time when you do a workout and you actually want to do better. You know, there, it, CrossFit does something way different than, you know, working out at Planet Fitness. Like CrossFit makes you like want to get better at things. And I think that's why CrossFit is growing so fast. That's why people love it. Um, that's one of the main reasons that I love CrossFit. You're gonna try to do a pull up and then maybe not be able to, like maybe like me the first time I did, I, I did CrossFit and then you kind of like, man, I wanna do a pull up. So you start working towards a pull up and then you try to do a, something where you're lifting some weights and you wanna be able to lift that weight so end, you end up wanting to get stronger. So when it comes to performance, believe it or not, your nutrition matters. Let me give you some examples. You know, earlier in the week, we had kind of a really scary thing happen at the gym. 
We had a guy who was in the middle of a workout, pass out, fell, hit his head, had to get 10 stitches, and had to go to the doctor, taken away in an ambulance. You know, so he, that's never happened before. So it wasn't like he's ever had any previous episodes of passing out. He's been working out here two and a half years. He's been active his whole life. And when he got to the hospital, they checked his fluids and he was very dehydrated. And they couldn't really say exactly why it happened. But, you know, if, if that's an indicator of, you know, where, when you're dehydrated and you're in here and you're pushing yourself really hard. And, you know, this is the, the crazy thing is your body does things that, because it obeys your mind. I'll give you a great example. So when you wake up in the morning, your body is demanding fuel. It demands fuel, okay? So imagine if every morning you woke up, your car was on empty, meaning it had no fuel, zero. What would you have to do every morning to leave the house? Fill it up with gas. I mean, every home would have a fuel pump, right, at home. And you'd have to put gas in it before you left the house or the car would not start. The human body is very similar to that. But guess what? Your mind will overpower that. Now, for some people, it's intentional. For other people, it's just coincidental. Just, you know, I'm rushing. I don't have time. I don't have anything to eat. And so what do they do? They get ready. They leave the house and they don't eat. And their body goes. And they engage in conversations. They drive. Right? Heck. Some people drive to the gym and work out. Isn't that crazy? Like, how do you explain that, right? So the explanation is simple. Your mind overpowers that, that need of your body. Okay, so if our bodies operate off of fuel, and we're talking about this thing called performance, and somebody's coming to work out and they're dehydrated, or they haven't eaten much, or they're on a low-calorie diet, and now, because the mind is so powerful, the mind wants to win workouts. I mean, if you've ever participated, which everybody in here has, there's something about that clock <laughs> and the people that makes you want to push harder. I saw y'all three, even though you probably wouldn't admit it, in the 515 class, wanting to work a little bit harder because the other people were working hard. And so when you increase that intensity, what you're doing is you're demanding more of your body. Well, what if that body hasn't been fueled or prepared for that demand? So now we're talking about performance. Now we're talking about these workouts, CrossFit workouts, and there are two different topics, performance and weight loss. So for performance, there's something that's called nutrient timing. And there was a book I read back in 2016 called Nutrient Timing. And pretty much what it talked about was this kind of pre-workout, during the workout, and post-workout window of time where you really want to take in the majority of your carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are one of your body's 
um, not necessarily preferred source of fuels, but one of the preferred sor sources of fuel when you're going to engage in high intensity training, which is what we do in CrossFit. So if you were going to work out, you know, for example, at 5.15 p.m. and the last meal you ate was lunch, is your workout going to be as good as if you ate something at 3.30 or 4 o'clock? I'll take that as a no. But explain to me this. Why do people sometimes think that eating before a workout is bad or not want to eat after the workout? So it's, it's, I'll tell you the answer. It's psychological. Because 9 out of 10 probably people, even though they want performance, they want weight loss. Because they think, and when they say weight loss, they don't, sometimes they don't even mean weight loss. They mean toning, right? Or losing. I mean, I have people that I have worked with that are probably super lean, like in the majority of the world. Like they're probably in the top 5 7%. But they still think that they have body fat that they need to lose. So understand that this is psychological. So this is something that you're going to have to convince yourself of facts. You're going to have to convince yourself of, of the truth as opposed to probably some of the lies that you tell yourself. And I'm only speaking like this because I've spoken with enough people to know that this is what goes through your minds. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what that nutrient timing looks like. So I'm going to use a few different examples, okay? So I'm going to take somebody that works out at 5 a.m. I'm going to take somebody that works out at 12 p.m. And I'm going to take somebody that works out at 6 p.m. Just because this should hopefully cover everybody. So what I'm going to say is 90 minutes before the workout, we're going to call this pre workout meal the hour five to six we're gonna call this the fuel during the workout and then I'm gonna call the 60 minutes after the workout the post workout meal you want immediate results in the gym and I'm not I'm not like exaggerating here immediate results you do this hundred percent of the times you work out you're gonna start getting stronger faster and leaner Jarvis exactly exactly now I did call it a window and I say that great question he's saying you said 3:30 in the morning so it's a window because, okay, I, I, did, uh, I did marathons for a long time. So I, I love to run. I could eat one cup of oatmeal of oatmeal with blueberries and three scrambled eggs 15 minutes before I went out on my 20-mile run. My, I had trained my body to eat, right? I see Chris Rea, okay? He works out for three hours. He has like halftime or intermission 
where he eats an entire meal and then he goes right back to working out. So the same way you train your body to do kipping pull-ups or train your body to get up early, you train your body to eat. Now, for somebody who's never done it, just like somebody who's never done CrossFit, they might vomit, <laughs> you know, because they haven't trained their body to do it. So eating before a workout, you have to train your body to do that. So the first time, I probably wouldn't do it 15 minutes before. I'd probably say, hey, if I, you know, maybe at 4 a.m. And I probably wouldn't do a cup of oatmeal and three eggs. I might experiment with something like maybe just a banana or maybe, you know, something uh, like an apple or there's certain foods for me that have a good breakdown, which I'll talk about what breakdown I want specifically that sit very well for me before I work out. And then there's certain work, like I won't eat eggs and bacon within 45 minutes of working out. It's really, that bacon for me is not, it doesn't, now some people could do it. You know, so it, you, you, everybody's a little different. So the best thing that you can do is experiment with some different foods that are healthy. And we'll kind of give you the exact breakdown of what I want you to do. Um, now, during the workout. So like when I was doing this back in 2006, I actually drank a liquid form of protein carbohydrate. So it was an actual shake. And it was higher in carbohydrate than protein. And I'll tell you what the breakdown of that was. Um, because I really was following it exactly like the book told me. Today, it looks a little bit different. I'll drink amino acids. So anytime you see me out there with a colored drink, I'm drinking alpha amino, just amino acids during the workout. Okay, so I'm fueling myself during the workout. My workout's only an hour. Chris's workout is, is three hours, so he's gonna, or longer. So he's gonna fuel himself differently than I'm gonna fuel myself. And then post-workout meal. This is actually kind of the tricky one because you're going to do something like right away. So if I'm going to say like within, I'm going to call it within like five minutes. And then in that next 55 minutes, this is going to be kind of like call this one part one. And then we'll call this one part two. So in other words, we're eating, we're eating, we're eating and possibly eating or drinking some kind of fluid, right? This is going to make up a lot of our intake for the day. Bless you. Okay, so what do people do? When it comes to this 90 to 60, so hour, we'll call it this two and a half plus one, three and a half hour window, I'm surprised if people actually eat one meal, if we're honest. I would be surprised if people eat one meal in that three and a half hour window. And if they're being mindful, they're drinking one scoop of 20 grams of protein, which is like, you might as well like put a 24 ounce bone in ribeye in front of my face and give me one bite. Anybody ever been to Republic and eating that 24 ounce bone in ribeye? Oh. Man, it's like if you literally put that in front of me and cut me one little piece and then made me sit there for three and a half hours. And that's what you're doing to yourself. Why? It's psychological. You think, you think you're doing something that's going to promote the goal that you think you have. And I'm here to tell you the truth that you're hurting yourself and you're hurting performance. And I'm here to tell you you're hurting weight loss. 
So you're not going really anywhere that you want to go. Now, I'm not mad at you. I still love you. But let's go on the right track. So this right here, what do we want this pre-workout meal to look like? What do we want this during the workout meal to look like? And what do we want this post-workout meal to look like? Okay, you're doing workouts that require a lot of effort. What we just did today was not easy. And we're doing it, you know, this week it's been nice, but this summer we've been doing it in 100 degree weather. It's hot. So I'm gonna say again, for most people, now this is where you need to experiment with you, okay? So for most people, I'm gonna say of this meal, right here, and I'll kind of give you a breakdown. I'm gonna give you the percentages first. I want 50% to come from carbohydrates. So pre-workout meal, I want 50% to come from carbohydrates. I want 40% to come from protein, and I want 10% to come from fat. For most people. Now, if you've never done anything like this before, I would rather you start small and then add to that, right? So for example, let's just say I want you to aim for, you know, your, what's a regular meal for you? You know, anywhere probably for most people from 300 to 500 calories. That should cover honestly everybody in this room. The, the, the larger body frames, more towards the 500 calorie meal, the smaller body frames more towards the 300 calorie meal. So to me, it's like, all right, so that's a meal. 300 to 500 calories. Now, start small. Maybe you start with 250 calories. Maybe you go to 350 calories. Maybe you go to 400 calories. Now, if you've never calculated carbohydrates, fat, and protein, basically what you'll do is, let's just do 300. So 50% of 300 is 150. And then there's four grams of, or four calories per gram of carbohydrate. So we're gonna take that 150 divided by four, and I believe that's 37.5 grams of carbohydrate. So if you're on that 300 calorie body type, you're gonna have about 37 and a half grams of carbs, right? Give or take. Uh, 40%, so we're gonna take that three, 300, 40% is uh, 40 times three, which is 120. Protein also has four calories per gram. So divide that by four, so you're having about 30 grams of protein. And then fat, 10%, 30, uh, 30 calories, right, from fat. That has nine calories per gram. So we're gonna divide that by nine. So you're looking at anywhere from, we'll call it three grams of fat. Now the really cool thing about this guys, for your 5 a.m.ers, they make pro protein shakes that literally do this. I just sent the guy that passed out, I, I put him on his wife, on a, uh, Cellucor makes a gainer version of their protein. Now two scoops has 680 calories. If you drink one scoop of that, so it'd be half, so it'd be uh, 340, 40 grams of carbs, 
30 grams of protein, and I think it has like three or four grams of fat. It's literally that. Now, for some of you eating a cup of oatmeal, three eggs, you know, and, and if you look at the eggs, they actually have higher fat, right? Because there's 15 grams of fat in three eggs. I'm sorry, yeah, 15 or, or uh, five grams per yolk, per yolk. So why 10% fat? So the absorption of fat is slower. Okay, so you're not going to benefit from that fuel as quickly as you would. It's actually going to slow the digestion down, the ability to use that for fuel. So if you have less fat, you're going to absorb that protein and those carbohydrates quicker. And they're going to be able to be used in that workout immediately. During. You know what? Back in 2006 when I did this, that cellucor gainer would have been a perfect version for somebody who, again, is doing a lot like feeling, you know, maybe some of these very uh, highly active uh, types that are, you know, like um, not, not necessarily just lean, but man, we have a lot of people like this that would benefit from drinking, you know, 300 to 400 calories during their workout. That would be something. Another option might be for you. It's like, hey, I'll just do the pre, you know, I'm just kind of like entering this. So let me try. And then I'll do some, maybe some aminos. Now, why are we going to do aminos? So amino acids are proteins, right? So your body needs amino acids and there's electrolytes in amino acid drinks as well, which you're depleting when you're out there. Dehydration, 100 degree weather. Water's good, but you know, when we're really trying to maximize performance, which is kind of what we're talking about, what are you drinking during your workout? And then the post-workout window, so right when you're done, okay, there's that five-minute window. Well, guess what? Guess what we want to do again? Exactly what we did before. So this guy that passed out, I said, his homework was to order that protein or that gainer. He's doing one scoop. I told him 90 minutes before and then one scoop immediately after. So before the workout and after the workout, it's going to total at 680 calories for him. And to be honest with you, he, and I put his wife on two scoops right when she wakes up. Because in the conversation about him, I got into the conversation with her and found out that she doesn't eat. And I'm putting her on two scoops right when she wakes up. Because what happens is, and I, had this, I, I told her this too, if you miss breakfast and if your first meal of the day is noon or 11, you are already behind and there's no way you can catch up. You got to get it. it. It'd be almost the, the, the same if like we did this workout and Chris said, Charlie, you're going to start five minutes behind everyone else. I mean, there is no way I can catch up. I can't make that up. I'd be around plus behind everybody. If you miss breakfast and if you worked out in the morning, five, six, eight, nine, ten, and you didn't do all this, you're behind all day. There's no way you can catch up. So you're going to just be behind. You're going to 
I mean, your body, again, the reason you don't know it is because your mind is so strong. It's like if the inside of your body could tell the outside of your body what was going on, it might not use very nice language. So right after the workout, for me, that five minute, I personally like a uh, liquid form of that. I believe that that's going to be absorbed quicker than a meal. I make my protein shake probably within two minutes of being done with my workout. Oftentimes, I'll go upstairs and make it and then come back down and rack my weights. Because I realize how important it is. Again, you just literally like just wrecked havoc on your body. <laughs> and it needs fuel. And it doesn't just need one scoop of 20 grams of protein. It needs a lot more than that. And in fact, this post-workout, you know, I've actually researched it enough that it in fact needs more carbohydrate than protein like if we're honest it probably needs more of like a four to one ratio but you can you know we don't again my goal isn't to you know make this super complicated it'd be easier for me just to tell you do the exact same thing that you did before after the workout in liquid form preferably but as you find out and as you kind of become your own research project you're gonna start experimenting and finding out what works best and what doesn't. Okay, so now right after the workout, you did that post-workout meal, post-workout shake. Within 55 minutes, because we're still in that window, it's time to eat a meal. And now that meal, we're going to do in a 30% protein, 30% fat, and 40% carbs. So in this three and a half hours, you've probably consumed at least a thousand calories. So if you work out at 5 a.m., it's gonna be 3.30 to, you know, to five, you're gonna do that during, after, um, and then by 7 a.m., you've you've consumed all that. If you work out at noon, same thing. But now the question is, what if, or what do you do the rest of the day? That's the, the, a great question. So because your workout's done, let's be honest, we live in a place where we park right there and we walk right in. And most time we walk in a place that we're gonna sit down. You're not doing CrossFit all day long. You know, you're probably not needing this type of fuel at any other time of the day. So the other times of the day, the meal plan is going to consist of protein, fats, and veggies. And to be completely honest, I'm not too concerned how you break that up, like percentage-wise. So... You know, what does a meal look like? You go to Chipotle, you get a bowl, no rice, no beans. You have to do that one right there. So it'd be veggies, protein, 
no corn. I'm okay with a little cheese, guac, ve uh, the other vegetables. But that's what you're eating. And that right there is going to get you the absolute best results. But listen to your body. You know, if you wanted to put something in, you know, if you did work out here and you, you know, this was at 7 a.m. and at 10 a.m. maybe you wanted to put in, you know, maybe a, a little bit of oatmeal, it's probably not going to hurt you. But really, I mean, listen, listen to your body because I'd rather you put that in here. Maybe you really just needed more carbohydrates during the workout or before or after. Beth. Great question, okay? So because you're, so that's a completely different approach to this. Now, understand that you may, may be compromising some performance benefits. And that's kind of like what we talked about last time. What works for some people might not work for other people. And, you know, even some people who are maybe trying to be on a really low-carb, high-fat diet, I think could benefit for, from post-workout carbohydrates to replenish fuel. So even, you know, and, and I told you all last seminar that my, I'm more on a high-fat, moderate-protein, uh, low-carb diet, but I still put the majority of my carbohydrates in post-workout. I remember I said the post-workout shake alone had, you know, half of the carbs that I would take in for the day. So if you're doing that, experiment, but give it enough time. You know, you can't necessarily think that like two days of doing it and you didn't see the results on the scale. You almost got to throw the scale out the window and really assess how you felt. Because I would argue like, what if your workout felt amazing? What if you literally felt like you had the most energy the next day? But give it like seven days of experimentation. And like the food that you eat before, the food that you eat during, the food that you eat after. So when it comes to nutrient timing, what we're talking about is timing certain nutrients, timing your carbohydrates primarily in a window before the workout, during the workout, after the workout. Because you're going to perform better. Now, I would tell people that don't work very hard, don't do this. But that's not anybody in here. But people that work out here work out really hard. And so this is a really good um, strategy. Now, I touched a little bit on supplements. I do believe in the shake after the workout. Um, I also do believe in the amino acids, uh, uh, having those during the workout. Um, outside of that, you know, there's so many different things you can drink. I love caffeine, probably too much, <laughs> um, which is a supplement, you know. So if, if, that's, some, if that's something that you, you might want to look at. But this is the interesting thing, to be honest with you. I don't really like caffeine before I work out. I used to, but I don't. I like caffeine to get me going, but like if I'm gonna work out at eight o'clock in the morning, I don't want the caffeine like at 7.30. Um, so again, if, if that's, I don't like coffee before I work out either. 
Uh, but that's me. You know, there's, and then there's creatine, which I take 10 grams of creatine every single day. I don't think I hold extra 10 pounds either. I stay at about 203 pounds. Um, but I know the science behind creatine and I believe in that. And so it's going to give you extra strength when it gets hard in simple terms. So I, I do believe in the post-workout shake. I do believe in creatine. I do believe in caffeine. Um, some of the pre-workouts that are really, that I used to probably take a long time ago, I don't really like those. The ones that kind of get you so jacked up because what happens guys, especially in CrossFit, is these workouts are so high intensity, you don't need any help getting your heart rate up. It's already gonna get so high because the workouts are so hard and high intensity. And so some of those pre-workouts probably are not gonna be good for you. They're, they're gonna make you feel a little too jittery and too, you know, the, the effects are not beneficial. Yes? So like looking at this board, it kind of seems like all the times would kind of fit under breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Let's say like most of the times I come to a 3.45 p.m. workout, or is it Yeah. How does that? Same thing. Same thing. So, so 345 workout, I would wake up, my breakfast would be primarily protein, fats, veggies. So maybe an omelet with some spinach, you know, or some cheese or, you know, something like that, you know, and then eggs and bacon. I'd probably, you know, depending, listen to your body. You know, I, I brought this up on the last seminar too. I said, should you eat six meals a day or should you eat two meals a day? I said, there's some people that should eat six meals a day and there's some people that should eat two meals a day. Okay, bottom line is you don't want to under eat. So as long as you're getting your fuel, listen, you know, I have to eat all day. So I'm a hungry person. Like I eat, I get hungry every two to three hours. Some people don't. You know, you already know you're getting like two or three meals here. So if you just add two meals on top of that, it's probably enough. I'd probably add four meals on top of that. And it kind of, we'll talk a little bit about total intake. You know, I eat 3,500 calories a day, sometimes 4,000. But it's, I mean, it, again, it goes back to, and I'm gonna let Jordan talk a little bit about metabolic testing, because they do that. Anybody hear Ryan Farrell's podcast? Okay, so Ryan came to a nutrition seminar, and you know, I share at, at the seminars, I say, okay, for most people, if they can eat body weight times 10, that's, a good place to start and again when you hear me say something I'm speaking probably addressing multiple people and I'm trying to fit you into kind of this like broad category but you're an individual right you have specific needs you're it's like kind of like saying hey every woman likes to get her feet rubbed but it's like no there's some women that don't so I, you know some women that do like when my wife's pregnant she loves a foot massage right but like some women might be like, get your hands off my feet. So that might not be a good broad general advice for men you know, whose wives are pregnant. But same thing here, body weight times 10, it's a good place to start because what I think, in my belief, I think people eat too low calories. So I think just if I can get them, if I can get a 250 pound person to eat 2,500 calories a day, I'm winning because they're probably trying to lose weight and eating like 1,500. Well, Ryan came and he did that. And he's probably at the time probably 210 pounds or 200, no, 240 pounds, 220. Well, he ends up 
feeling like really tired in workouts and realized he, and then he went to Jordan and actually did some metabolic testing and realized he burns 3,400 calories a day. So he was about a thousand calories low. And so for him, that knowledge was incredibly beneficial. And so not, I hope people take advantage of the services, but if you don't, the red flags are in how you feel. If you're coming in these workouts and you're feeling more tired, if you're unusually exhausted, or it's like some of you have been working out for a really long time, exhausted, and you don't even realize it. And all of a sudden you start putting calories in your body. and You're like, oh, my goodness, I feel amazing. Because it's the psychological desire to lose weight or tone or body fat loss. When again, going back to what I said originally, you're hurting yourself. So, Jordan, why don't you come up here so you can get close to this and tell us a little bit about the metabolic testing and what you guys do at CORE. Yeah. Um so core in general it's a kind of a functional medicine clinic uh, we have a physician that does holistic medicine um, trying to look at root causes of problems rather than just the symptoms but along with that uh, two of the things we really do are metabolic testing and dexa scans which chris said i told him he gained weight the dexa told him that not me <laughs> um so but the metabolic testing i i really like that because just as charlie said i think when we, when we say eating healthy, a lot of times people mean, oh, that's low-cal. And a lot of times that's not exactly what we mean. Um, and as he's alluded to, a lot of us really under-eat. Most of the people that come in and do my testing find out actually they need to eat more. And I usually get that, all right, just wait, you're gonna raise your eyes at me. And I tell them, and they're like, you want me to eat how much? And it's kind of hard just to convince people to eat that. But what we do, uh, it's called resting metabolic rate. Um, it's just about a 20-minute test we use science that's smarter than me, but basically what it does is it measures the oxygen you're taking in and the carbon dioxide you're producing. Well, oxygen is needed to create energy, and when we expend energy, we expend calories, so that's what we're testing. Um, from there, we're able to see at rest how many calories you burn. That's, you know, you see that basal metabolic rate there on, on the, uh, the whiteboard. That's basically what we're looking for, how many calories your body needs to function. But often, we eat less than that. And so if we eat less than that, our body starts to hold on to what we have. That's just its defense mechanism against dying. It's gonna hold on to fat because fat is more energy dense. So it's gonna hold on to that. It's going to slow down our metabolism and basically everything that you're working for is gonna be 10 times harder. So what we do with that test is we see how many calories you're burning at rest and then based off your activity level, give us a good calorie range to, to, to aim at. So obviously Chris came in and his is like, a billion calories more than I even burn in a day but we're all different and we're all you know based on our own size and so it's really really good data and I think you know the way I always like to equate it you know we're crossfitters we like measurable data and that's kind of what it is it's not just throwing out a number it's getting accurate data um, and along with that we have a DEXA scan um, DEXA is there's a long really big word for it but basically it's a body composition scan and it's about the most accurate that you can get it's what Texas A&M uses is what's professional team uses um, and basically what that's testing is your body fat, um, your bone density, your muscle mass, and if there's any asymmetries going on. And that's really good. And it's one of the things Charlie said, which I love, he said, you know, throw out the scale because a lot of times we think, oh, the scale's not going down. I must not be, pro you know, making progress. But a really good example is we did a fitness challenge at my office and one of the person who won it came in and she gained weight. And initially she was super mad. And I was just like, 
wait, hold on, let's look at this. She lost five pounds of fat and gained five pounds of muscle. And it's just like, you just did so much in 12 weeks. And if you had gone off a scale, you'd have been discouraged. You may have fallen back into what you're normally doing because it's, oh, this doesn't work. So I love that because that's exactly, that's what Wattify is for our workouts. That's what DEXA is for what you're doing. You're gonna be able to measure your progress. You're gonna be able to evaluate if what you're doing is working. You know, I've done a, a, a couple of them and I had one that actually showed I was losing muscle and I'd actually been kind of stayed the same on fat. And it was after a very stressful time in my life and that kind of alluded, I, need, I wasn't sleeping. So there's like a whole nother talk you can get into sleep. Uh, but it's really good for me because it re-centered. I was like, okay, you know, it, it showed me I need to make some changes. There's other people who come in and just as my coworker did, she saw that she was gaining progress and it only encouraged her to continue what she's doing. So basically what we do is we have a lot of tests. Those are two I think that pertain most to this talk. Um, but basically what we're trying to do is give you good biometric data that's going to tell you exactly what's going on. And we don't have to guess, we can see if we're making progress, we can know exactly how many calories we need to consume. Because like Charlie said, we, we need to consume enough. I always tell people when you come in, if you're working out, you're an athlete. And we need to fuel ourselves like an athlete. So whether you're trying to gain muscle or even still tone up, you still have to eat enough food just to tone up. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest misconceptions is if I work out and I don't eat, I'll be fine. But what you're doing is you're, you're putting your body just in a wreck. And so that's one of the main things I, I get really passionate and fired up about is communicating that and getting into the detailed science of what your body needs. Um, and then from there, I mean, it's just kind of figuring out like what Charlie said, what works for you. But as long as you know that resting metabolic rate and you have a way to measure your progress over time with a DEXA, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal kind of what you, what you can do with it. You know, I know Chris has done it, Beth's come and done it. Um, Charlie's been there a couple times with the DEXA and it's, it's really cool data. And you can see trends over time. Again, I'm a science nerd. I went to Rice, I'm finally owning up to it. We suck at football, but we know how to do math. Um, <laughs> we lost like 62 to seven to Stanford this past week. It's okay. Flew all the way to Australia to lose 62 hey, to seven. Hey, Stanford, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, you see trends, you see data, and you can see, you know, am I gaining muscle? Am I losing fat? Where? And then one more just little thing on it, it also can show us the type of fat, which to me that's also really important. It differentiates between subcutaneous fat, which is kind of the outer layer fat, what's pinchable, and the visceral fat, which is what's deep, sits into your organs, and can predispose you to metabolic conditions down the road. So it's really cool when people come in, they maybe, the baseline, they're not super happy with it, but when they come in, they see everything trending down, um, down as in they're losing fat, they're losing visceral fat, it's really cool to see their eyes light up and, and know that what they're doing is working. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we do. There's a lot more that we do. We do a lot of other testings and I could talk your ear off about it. Um, if you want to talk to me about it, you can ask or go to our website and see what we have. But those two are my favorite two things that we do and I think it's a perfect complement to kind of getting a gain on your nutrition. So CORE is uh, upstairs at D1, which is that building next to the Physician Center. Mm -hmm and pretty much eight to five are the hours. You can talk to Jordan about it up here. And then she's kind of put together some packages that discount the rate significantly for people at the gym. So like a DEXA scan regularly costs a hundred bucks. Um, but she's got a package where if you do it every quarter, which is what I would recommend, because remember what I told you about exposing yourself to information and knowledge? Well, I guarantee you, if you go get a DEXA scan, every 90 days it will wake you up because one of the cool things is so the first DEXA scan I ever had was in 2007 
and then I didn't get another one until 2012, and then I got another one in 2014, and then I got uh, two like in the last uh, nine months. But you see trends, right? You see this kind of pattern in behavior, but it's like, let's just use numbers. What if you go in and you get Odexa skin in the next week and it tells you you're at 27% body fat? And I don't know how that's gonna, you know, maybe make you feel good, maybe not make you but it's just, I would, hopefully it's your first one. You just got information. I wouldn't stress about it. I would just say, okay, that's where I'm at. You go back in 90 days, what if it says you're at 24? Or what if it says you're at 30? You now have information and it's, I mean, there's no better way to measure your body fat than with Exascan. It's not gonna lie to you. It's gonna be 100% accurate every single time. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.